Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, DJ Shannon. And on this show, we talk to artists, DJs, and industry professionals on how they're changing their community through music. You can listen to the show on any platform like SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just type Club Management. And this is episode 73. Welcome back to another episode of Club Management. We're 73 episodes strong. Much love on all of the kind words for the last episode with DJ Sega. That one was packed with nothing but honesty, history, passion, all in one episode. Truly unreal that I had a chance to speak to DJ Sega. Um, And thank you so much for all the folks who shared dope memories of being on the dance floor at a DJ Sega set or going to see him in concert. I mean, I wish I was there. (laughs) Um, So you guys were schooling me on more history after the show. I really appreciate that. Um, And I just love when I have an interview where I don't have to talk much and my guests literally takes over and just tells a story and that's what happened on that episode so thanks to dj sega for taking the time out to tell us about his history and thank you for listening so grateful um and shout out to the folks here in the u.s out in europe and asia tuning in i see you in the stats we've got a lot of downloads coming from all three areas i love you i appreciate you and so cool that these stories are traveling all around the world uh quickly before we jump into our latest episode club management just hit a huge milestone recently we just hit 5611 all-time episode downloads and i know that that might not seem so much but to me that's huge that is just a testament to the folks who really dig this um and you know i put so much time and effort into trying to get guests for the show and you know produce and put everything together all by myself so Thank you so much for downloading. Those stats are coming from our Buzzsprout, which tracks everything. Um, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you stream podcasts, that's pulling from all of those sites. So thank you to everyone that's listening on their chosen platform. I extremely appreciate this. Uh, Let's keep tuning in. Tell a friend to tell a friend and let's hit that next milestone. We just need 300 downloads to hit the next one. So I truly appreciate if you share, like, and follow. Well, without further ado, let's jump into the next episode. For this show, we welcome one of my favorite producers and DJs from New York, the multi-talented Devoy. Devoy just gets it when it comes to music. Brilliantly weaving between club, melodic house, and driving techno, Devoy hits every sweet spot when it comes to jumping across genres. Devoy has numerous self-released albums and DJ tools that have been shelling down dance floors and radio mixes. One of my favorites is Oblig Chills Remix. Oh, and don't forget about Uptown Jazz. There's so many. You see, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. DeVoy inherited his musical chops from his father, Neville Folks, also known as Raja Moore, a popular reggae artist here in New York City who, back in the day, released two tracks on Weeded, a subsidiary label of the legendary Nervous Records. I spoke to DeVoy about his musical upbringing, his passion for teaching and the drums, 
his buzzing DJ career, and why things are coming full circle with his forthcoming release. But yeah, oh, you're in your studio. Walk me through. I don't think I've ever been to your studio before, but I've heard great things. About yeah, let me. Uh, yes, let me. Let's see. Let me turn on my camera. Yeah. I've got. This is gonna be weird. I gotta disconnect my interface. One second. Yeah, no worries. I would mm-hmm. put myself on camera, but I look crazy right now. So. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, my friend. It's all good. I understand. <laughs> uh, one moment. Okay. It's still working. Perfect. Okay. So it's the little the desk I have is I just got a little messy now, but I got my speakers and here and there. Yeah. My my uh, last roommate and I we built this like rack for a couple things. And we use like an old bed frame. <laughs> that was cute. And then I got the little DJ setup in the back. Oh and, um Pika just went on um vacation, so I have her two um uh, XGJ seven hundreds. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to make a couple um like four deck mixes, three deck mixes or something like that. Oh my goodness. See, I feel like that's where you really unlock the magic with DJing and I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still <laughs> on the two CDJs, but I'm trying to work in um my vinyl, my, my record player that I just bought not too long ago. And I'm getting nice. in the handle of it, you know? It's 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 Love really, it. it's a different experience having to beat match with your ears, right? Because we've been so oh lucky on CDJs. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. After playing uh records a lot recently mm-hmm. i've i've um just been playing a lot of cdjs mm-hmm. and sometimes i got three decks and i'm like let me try this i'm like wow this is much <laughs> easier for me to distinguish what's going on yeah like between the three yeah. decks just because i'm so anal about it when playing records that it's just like oh my god wait i can i can do that <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like uh, maybe if I would have started learning to DJ with vinyl first, it would be easier to make that, you know what I mean, that transition. But But I I wouldn't say it's like going to prevent you because it's it's there. Once you DJ enough, I feel like you'll know, like, you know what I mean? If it's like tricky, because like if you DJ for long enough, I feel like playing CDJs and you go to records, you're like, okay, something's not right. And it just (laughs) takes a while for it to really get to a point where you're comfortable with like the um the actual interface of the turntable and how to like speed it up and slow it down how much you're speeding up and slow it down like the pressure of touching the platter and all that kind of thing that that's probably like how to um that's just like time will tell how much you're going to be able to like you know make a quicker decision based on what you're hearing or what it's sounding like and um yeah it translates both ways i feel like um the skill you have not playing records and then listening and knowing like if you're making blends and like nudging it's like the same concept but like from records it's like you learn to you have to listen just a little bit deeper in that way and um i feel like yeah it definitely has helped my skills on cdjs from just that like sense of listening Right, for sure. Yeah, I literally just started taking uh, the vinyl lessons at Superior Elevation. 
and yeah, I mean, it's it's just been a trip. Just again. Oh, nice. The one that uh, who are you taking it with? Is isn't Raquel doing that? Raquel's doing the Friday classes, but I'm taking it with. Oh man, I forget the young gentleman's name. He's got dreads too, like long dreads. Mm. Um, mm. I forget his name, but he's great. But yeah, it's been a whole experience, mm. just like listening to music differently on vinyl, right? Because I feel like that's yeah. a different experience, obviously, than like digital files. <laughs> like you totally need to know your music in order to make it work with the blends, you know? Right, right, right. Like what was an example? Yeah, let me think about that too. Cause yeah, you have to know, you have to be like on point with your um like phrasing and all that. That's mm -hmm. what I think is like one of my favorite DJing terminology terms. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the phrasing, especially cause I come from playing drums. Mm -hmm. It's like, that to me is like almost like for like a music, like a song, you know, you're just kind of weaving songs together. The phrasing just kind of helps bridge it yes. to be like, it just makes your life easier. If you could just, once you clock a point in, the, in a phrase, like, okay, that's a new phrase. So I'm, I can start over. In my like internal clock, think of this, like just make sure I, uh, like have these like markers in my body and mind of like, okay, that was like maybe eight bars, sixteen bars, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I want we'll stay on the topic of vinyl because your wrecked set was something else. Like, oh my god, that show was. I wish I was there, and <laughs> every time I felt I crazy. Down, you could hear <laughs> that. I can just hear Ooh. the level of craft and time and mastery that you put into that. Like, can you just kind of take me through that night? Because I always like listen mm. to it and I'm like, damn, I wish I was there. I missed out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, Ron, Ron Michael had told me about that, that he wanted uh, me to play that set maybe a couple months before. And I was like, oh my God. So like the prep time, the prep time was the thing that was the killer because... I had months of prep time. <laughs> and it's like every day I'm like, okay, let me go record digging. And I was just doing a lot of digging. I'm like, hmm. And like trying to see what styles I liked. And it's like, you know, in the world of techno, there's really a lot of just like really just not good stuff to me. Yeah. But then there's like really a lot of really good stuff in there. And mm -hmm. it's like hard to find it. And it's like, once you do find something, you're like, praise God, I found a good record. <laughs> After digging for like an hour, you might not find anything. You're like, ah, okay, next time, fine. And then you find a string. Because actually a really cool thing about that is like, you know, say if somebody sells their collection mm -hmm. and this record store picks it up and they say if they had like, I don't know, Octave One record or Jeff Mills record, mm -hmm. it's like maybe sometimes they'll even put a mark and you'll see like somebody writes like a BPM if you see that handwriting or like if you find a record that you really like, there's chances are there's going to be other ones that are in the similar vein if they got like a recent collection from somebody. So that's something I try to look out for, yeah. especially when digging for techno, but it goes for house too, for me. But uh, I find it easier to find better house music than I find techno. Cause it's just like, I don't know. It's just specific to what I like mm. and understanding that. But um, yeah, and it just definitely opened my eyes to more. Cause I knew I wanted to play records. Mm -hmm. Because I'd been to Basement before and not really seeing too much of, um, like, I guess people playing records. Like, I saw Max Watts play there. I freaking love Max Watts. Love Max Watts. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I want to do that. 
And I was like, okay, that's what we're going to do. So I had to like, you know, go on the the search for finding all this music. And it, it ended up finding like a lot of like breakbeat stuff. Like I fell in love with like 90s breakbeat and like stuff with breaks in it from that time. Like, you know, the chord stabs, the ravey quality. That's something that I really um, just enjoy as a drummer too, because it's so like, yeah, this makes sense. Whereas something like, Sometimes jungle and drum and bass are just like, this makes no sense as a drummer, but it's dope. Like, I still love it, but it's just like, it's just kind of funny. I had to separate myself. I had to be like, okay, I can't actually like fully play this beat. And that's okay because that's just part of the cool aspect of say digital culture and sampling and the like. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the stuff at the breaks, love it. Mm. And I guess, mm, the techno situation yeah it's just taste that evolve over time just based on like learning about history and it's just a kind of gradual thing and i feel like a lot of people yeah it, it just like there needs to be some like test techno history class just so people could know mm. because if you don't know you're gonna be like you're gonna hear about techno somewhere and you're gonna be like this is i don't like this <laughs> but there's definitely something in there that you will like i swear yeah but it's just hard to find it that's a fact um let's take it back for a bit you mentioned your your background as a drummer and you can mm -hmm. hear your production roots in a lot of your dj sets obviously your music mm -hmm. um how did this music journey all start for you uh it's a good question music journey all started uh it started in high school i was um one of my really good friends, I was like, uh, I was went to middle school with him. Like I went to uh, high school in New Rochelle in Westchester. And um, he was just been my good friend for a long time. And I saw him play at this thing my high school had called the cafe. And I was like, hold up, bro. You're playing in this? It's like, I can do this. I have a drum set at home. But the funny thing was that my dad got me a drum set a couple of years back. And it was like this like beginner's drum set. But he had like damaged the heads like he like you know old head bashed the heads in kind of vibes so i was like i ain't playing that joint left it for a little while kind of uh and then i saw that and i was like wait a second i have a drum set at home and i just kind of like started practicing playing songs i really liked and i kind of started it was really fun because i started doing that at the time i was into like playing in bands sampling at the same time, it was like 2011. I shot a show with Teebs. It was like a brain feeder expo somewhere in Brooklyn. Mm. And I saw Teebs playing at SP44, and I was like, I'm sold. I bought one the next day. Started going record digging a bunch. And at the time, I was still living in New York, so I would just kind of go to, um, what you call it, thrift shops and stuff. Mm. Yeah, and um, mm -hmm. that was the beginning. And I guess the beginning of my DJ journey started in... Um, college and it's so funny because i think back to it i had the first dj thing i did i had a tape deck a turntable and my uh sampler so i was kind of like three deck mixing open format random stuff with those things so and it was like you know before i ever really went to a club to see dance music or anything like that wow so you're not new to this you're true to this like you yeah wait I'm, I'm i go back i go back like hip-hop was my first like love about the thing and it's like it's cool too i went to college with ace mo so mm -hmm. he really kind of put me on to the direction of dance music and it's like i love his music and i love his djing he's one of my favorite djs to the day to this day 
Yeah. Prior to going down this route with techno and dance music, did you mm. know about any of, the, any of the history prior to, or it was just kind of discovering mm. along the way? Yeah, you could say it's discoveries along the way, but I just didn't know like the depth and the 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 true like you know roots in history at all. It was just like maybe I think about what's like the first like dance stuff I heard that I enjoyed. Because if you think about the uh, like from the 70s onward, uh, like history of dance music is kind of like disco, boogie, funk, and all that kind of stuff is there. Then yeah. the 90s comes around and you don't really know, I guess it, at least for me as an, I was born in 93. So like as a youngin at that time, you're not really as exposed, but when you start to get older, like say 10 years later, 13 years later, 15 years later, like 2008, nine, that's like what era? It's kind of like dubstep era, you know what I mean? So when I was in college, I mean, high school, that was like the electronic music that was going around. But here and there, I'd probably find some like house tunes that I like. I remember one of the first ones I found was definitely, um, uh, I forget who it's by, but it's dance. It's like, it's called dance. I think it's a, a super simple mix, but it's called dance. Hopefully it pops up into my head so I can re-reference it. Yeah. It was like that. That was one of the first records I got oh, of dance God. music. Right. Like oh, 90s stuff. Was it me? I mean, I I think I was talking to you once and you were telling me, is your was your dad a part of a band? Or I might have been, I might be making this mm. up. Did you tell me that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's, had, he's had some, um, uh, re he released a couple things in the 90s on Nervous Records. There's a subsidiary, subsidiary label called Weeded. Are you kidding like, me? Yeah, there's like these two records and they're they're really cool but he's like he honestly inspired me like i already knew what how like i don't know to be tapped in to good meet like in a performance setting because he's a vocalist he uh grew up in jamaica with his brothers a couple of his brothers lived there and they would just like be hanging out you know like kind of like sound sound clash vibes but it was just them at their mother's place yeah. and they actually had found some of the cassettes and I ripped some of the dubs and it's like just hearing him do his thing. It's just like live freestyling. Oh. And it just like really inspired me to like, like I already know what's good, you know, because I just been around him and they've been playing music for a long time. Yeah. And uh, recently he, um, I did a thing with um, Crystal Waters. I was gonna ask he's you. like, yeah, did you know I had that record? But a lot of their stuff got destroyed in a flood. So I didn't, there's like, you know, I'm like, who knows what else he could have had, you know, because I, he definitely uh in the 90s like in new york he was kind of like in the like hip-hop circuit kind of because it was like reggae raga hip-hop adjacent stuff that he was doing mm -hmm. but yeah he's in a band now and he still plays in the bronx a bunch that's awesome i definitely gotta go check out one of his shows <laughs> i know right I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna find a nice time and try to invite a bunch of people and hopefully this summer there's something that pops up or maybe you can bring him out to Brooklyn somewhere, like uh, like Cafe Azuli or something. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna look into that. That's a good, that's a good, uh, <laughs> good thought right there. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, now that we're on the topic of Crystal Waters, I saw that picture and I was like, what? How? When? When did that happen? Yeah, that was one. That was um, a couple months ago now, like maybe two months ago. But it was at Photographica, mm. and someone that um work, now works for Vice that I had met when I was doing shows with Half Moon BK. Mm. Um, yeah, he works for them, reached out to me and I was like, duh, 
<laughs> and it was just like, wow, Crystal Waters, that's crazy. Actually, I got her to sign a record for me. And I was like, hey, DeVoy, you're 100% pure love. And I was like, that is going on a shrine, babes. <laughs> That is so cool. Were you like shaking your boots? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this guy's honors. I was like, I had to calm down because I was like, I need to say something that is like, you know, not too geeked up. <laughs> I was like, I need to chill. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would have, yeah, I definitely should have been there, but that sounds amazing. Um, mm. Let's talk a lot about your music. You are just so incredible and you can hear. Oh, thanks, Shannon. Yes, you can hear everything that you love so much, whether it's hip hop, techno, dance music. You're always exploring with different genres in your production. Um, mm. And particularly what what caught me to your music was the edit series um, and how you oh, yeah, love that. freak all these different classics and make them almost sound like new tracks. One of my favorites mm. uh, is the Obliv Chills remix. I forget which. Oh, my uh, God. I love Obliv. Yeah, I love Blue too. <laughs> yeah, Oblib was huge for me. Oblib was like, yeah, like going back to that Teebs era, mm -hmm. Oblib like changed the game. Oblib is like Jay Dilla level to me of like sample lo-fi stuff, like what people call lo-fi today. Like Oblib is literally like changed the whole game for me. Yeah, that remix is so special. I remember mm -hmm. um, like being on, I think like 2020 is when I found that track. And I would play mm -hmm. it all the time on my Twitch shows and people would be like, what is this? What is this? I'm like, it's oh, it's beautiful. The live drums on that one are crazy. Right? That was like peak, peak me playing live drums. I don't really do it much these days, but I still do occasionally. But that was like when I was like oh. in the shed playing drums. Like That's not a sample. That's literally you playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay, that just took the, le that took the track to a next level then. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, really? What? Okay, that mm -hmm, makes total mm -hmm. sense. It sounds so good. And all of the, I mean, how many? I'm about to check on the band camp this because there's so many edit compilations. Those edits. Yeah. Yeah, for a while I was probably doing like maybe 10 in a pack just because I just wanted the variety. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, yeah, that's definitely my 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 style or just like state of mind is like the variety just because coming from that hip hop sense, and it's just like so much music that I like and it's like hard to like uh, I don't know you know but it's nice getting the maturity in this is my insight now the maturity in um dance music history if you look at some artists they have like 50 aliases I'm like I could have just did that but I like that I have the variety in those packs mm -hmm. yeah this is off of volume seven i believe and the cover mm. arts are really great for these two. <laughs> oh yeah they're just funny just selfie vibes photoshopped up <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're really great um i'm interested like what was your like your your experience starting off making music you said you were mm. making a lot of hip-hop or what were mm -hmm. you using at the time to produce at the time the, when i first started i was using um logic nine i believe and i was youtube ripping yeah. it was great it was a good era and i had these cheap little dinky speakers Aww. and it was fun but and it was like corresponding to like when i really was playing drums and that was my main focus mm -hmm. but my dad had some equipment since he was like still doing his thing and uh he still makes music 
not not as much these days, but like, you know, back then it was like 10 years ago or something. And um <laughs> that's the funny part about that. Like I remember he had an MPC. And uh, the funny part about it, he used it mostly as a sequencer. And a lot of people use the MPC as a sampler and people will sample stuff and make music on it. But his was like built for being a sequencer. And the difference was his didn't have like um, some built-in effects. So at the time I was using it, but it, the beat sounded so bad because I wasn't able to like do any, uh, like say like EQ on it or anything. Cause I, and I just thought that's how it was, but it was just his cause he had just purely for a sequencer. He had like modules that had sounds in them. But at that time, I could not wrap my head around like, what's what's a MIDI? I don't know what that is. How do I? <laughs> but I was more just like, okay, I know I can click record, sample this kick drum and put it on that pad and I can hit it and record that and it will be a sequence of what I did. Yeah, sounds so good. Also, another favorite of mine, the Uptown Jazz uh, edit that you did. Mm. That live sax. Yeah, I want to love that. Say again? Is that live sax on there? Oh, my friend Jaden. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a, that there's the original track for that actually came out on um, the Coloring Lessons compilation. Mm. And I was really I really love that track. It's one of my favorite tracks I've made because it just finds the perfect blend between house and hip hop. And I feel like that is just like a missing link of connection right now in in music. But it's coming back. But there's like, you know, periods where it kind of like. It's there, but it's still kind of like, I don't know, music evolves, you know what I mean? Because you could have stuff like, say, uh, let me think, let me like Gold Link and Katrinata or something like that is mm -hmm. like a representation of that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, like on a house music side, purely, it's like that. It feels like is a really good connection of like the house and hip hop thing. Because like in my like, just like musical soul ethos kind of hip hop is so huge for me. And it's just like this swag about hip hop that I feel like is missing in a lot of dance music. And if you look at the history of dance music, it's like, that's why the connection is so beautiful to see, especially just as like person of color, like black person, like yeah. seeing that these people made this, I'm like, oh, Detroit. I'm like, they were all in the same, same vibes, you know, like Andres. Mm -hmm. I'm like, he was chilling with Jay Dilla, but he still makes like, you know, dance music. And it's like just organically kind of musically there. Whereas I feel like a lot of music is just like trying to be too hard in um, like, oh, this is supposed to be like dance club music or something like, like no shade to anybody, but like a, like a beat port sense yeah. of like, you know, this music is like top charting dance music. It's like, yeah. it's all, it's just kind of like weird and fickle to me just from like somebody who really loves music. Mm -hmm. It's just like a weird place, but I love, I, I mean, I, I downloaded some stuff off beat port the other day. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, <laughs> I was gonna say I definitely was trying to say how I, it comes to mind. Yeah, um, uh, you also mentioned that kind of spirit of Detroit with the you know hybrid dance. I'm I'm thinking about Wajid as well. He his oh, yeah. he was crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh my God, Wajid! Mm -hmm. Honestly, Wajid, big inspiration. Mm -hmm. It's so wild. I I was in uh, Detroit a couple years ago. And it was like right around when he was getting um, Underground Music Academy off the ground. Mm -hmm. And I got the chance to talk to him, like, cause I had known Lady Monix, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, is there any way I can get into, um, cause they have this uh, techno museum over there called Submerge. Mm -hmm. And this was like 20, 2020, 2020. 
was it 2020? No, 2021 in March. Mm. Like right around vaccines started getting rolling out. And it was like, just like, kind of like deserted. Nothing was open. And here I was, I was there at the time with Ange. Mm. And um, I was there like, oh, I need to get in this techno museum. So I was just, we emailed them and I hit up Lady Monks and she put me in touch with Rajid. Mm. And so we had a tour of the place and um, he just gave me the most beautiful advice. Mm. Like part of it was um, just discipline, consistency, and just like being, um, yeah, consistent with your work. Mm. Like something I remember him saying was, um, have enough stuff to like if somebody asks you you just already have it ready and it's like i personally do I, it's like hard to strike that balance but in my mind there's some periods where i do get that and i have like work you know that's kind of um built up to a point that i could like go back and finish it it's mostly kind of like at a, a subtle maybe arranging and mixing phase to mm -hmm. most of it and um yeah it was just beautiful advice and just a special time because it was like, you know, so much uncertainty at that time of like what's going on. But it was beautiful to see him building that space and just providing a space for that because that was so important to me in my journey of understanding dance music, like to have like kind of it taught to you as like, a, you know, this is a guide for the history and like you got to have some kind of connection there. And I really that helped. I feel like that will bolster your uh, identity towards the music and understanding because without it you're kind of going to be faced with whatever is quote unquote the face of um what dance music is or how it's represented in media mm -hmm. yeah and uh, also another cool thing from there he has the real i probably shouldn't say this but screw it it's a, it's a cool fact he has jay dill's real um mpc which is supposed to be in the smithsonian but there's like a Jay Dilla hallway in that building where he has a bunch of me memorabilia that's from Jay Dilla. So I was like, that's so amazing. I was like, wow. And I was like, praise. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I really want to go so bad. I'm like trying to figure out how to make Oh, for movement. You should go. Are you, are you trying to go to movement? I'm trying to make it happen, man. But like, mm. I also around that same time, uh, my folks are doing something as well. So mm. I'm like, how do I pull both of these off at the same time? You know, <laughs> sometime, sometime eventually. My first time was last year, so yeah. it'll it'll be there for you when you're ready. Yeah, how was it? I I hear great things all the time from people. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just beautiful to just have all those people connected there that just love dance music you know and just like seeing them in their element just hanging out and it's like you know that's where they live like i i uh i remember going to um which thing did i go to i went to um not marble bar but uh i think it was spotlight and i saw the am and uh, ash lauren there just hanging out Whoa. with who that and i was like wow this is you guys are just chilling i love that for y'all but <laughs> like you know but everybody's coming there congregating at that time yeah. so it's kind of funny in that way but it's cool to see that all happen let me tell you i uh was at jay lorraine's residency with ash lauren in the am i wanted to go to that so bad they toured that place up it was of course crazy. of course 
<laughs> like people were going wild the whole entire time. I almost wanted to break the rule and take my uh camera out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Very occasionally. Yeah. I have to like sneak behind the booth and I'm like, I need to get a video that's almost <laughs> so yeah, but I'm excited for this week, man. Dweller. We're gonna feel mm -hmm. that that family, those roots this week, um, with everything oh, yeah. happening. And I'm so hyped for your set too. What? That's gonna be crazy. I'm gonna come prepared and rested. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm gonna take breaks. I live pretty close. You know what's so funny? Somebody hit me up and were like, yo, Devoy, can we chill at your place before Shannon goes on? I was like, plan in action. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm so excited. And like, I'm just really, it's it's really great to see the scene alive again, but to see mm. so many folks of color carrying this torch of techno dance music history mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right now. Like, I feel like it's such a great time to be alive and in this scene, you know? <laughs> yo, for real, for real. Yeah. And it, it makes me think about too, because um, I also teach. I work for this um, company called Building Beats, mm. and we teach around areas in uh, the five boroughs. Mm. And so I'm teaching at this one school in East New York right now, mm. and they're just hip. They're hip to all like the new drill and stuff like that that's coming out. Mm. And I I think it's like a beautiful time for music too, just in terms of like the combination of genres. Because there's a song recently that came out with Ice Spice and Pink Pantress. I'm like, that's a fully a Jersey Club song. I'm like, and they love it. I'm like, I'm so, it makes me so happy. I'm like, I showed them DJ sets of like Unique and Ta and stuff like that. I'm like, guys, these are my homies. <laughs> this stuff that you love so much. I'm like, this is like, you know, the modern times of like what's happening in the scene. So I love like that crossover of, I guess, what's becoming like more mainstream in that way. Or even the drill stuff. There's like a crossover, like the drill and the Jersey Club stuff that I'm like, this is great. Yeah, that's a because problem. I don't remember a time of um, like New York uh, kind of like club and dance music coming together, like in myself growing up as much. So, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. I heard I was on Instagram just scrolling and there's an artist right now that makes something called Drill House. It's like a combination of drill and house. And it actually sounds pretty I good. would love to hear that, to be honest. Yes. I forget the name. But when I when I uh, go back into my archives, I'll definitely send it. But I was like, damn, mm. drill house? Okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, talk a little bit more about your Building Beats uh, teaching position, because that's awesome. Are mm -hmm. you teaching production or what's going on? And can I come in these classes? Because I need production help. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I definitely got you. I definitely got you. I do teach Ableton too. Mm. So that's like my, my forte in production. But the um, Building beat stuff is great because they focus on um, podcasting, music production, and DJing. Mm. And mostly my residencies right now for the schools are in music production and DJing. And uh, it's beautiful because I really like this one high school that I'm in. Oh, my God, Shannon. This is the one thing that probably blew my mind the most. Mm -hmm. There's this one uh, younger DJ. He goes by Young Style. Mm -hmm. And he's like from Brooklyn, probably like 16 or 17. And all these kids would like rip his stuff off SoundCloud in this class. And be <laughs> playing his edits in the class. I'm like, yo, why are you guys all playing the same song? I'm like, what is this? And it's like, it's his music. And he's like this young up and coming DJ. But it's like, he's basically like hood famous. What? Young from Belize. And is he's so good. 
And it's like, I'm like mind blown. Cause I'm like, this DJ culture is like, that's what they're doing at that age. Like they're, they're fully there for it, you know? And it's like these edits of say like, um, like limb by limb or um, he has a, he has a, um, which one is it? Gypsy woman mi mix, but it's like, you know, like Caribbean style. I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't exactly know what genre you'd say that is, but it's like definitely like, um, like dance hall esque yeah. stuff. And I'm like, you're like teenagers and they're all involved in that. They've been to his parties. He plays in the park sometimes. It really blew my mind. I was like, wow, this exists. And I'm like, this kid is nasty. I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Does he, does he's got a SoundCloud or something? I want to hear his stuff. Yeah. I am DJ Youngstar. I think is his Instagram, but DJ Youngstar would probably find it on SoundCloud. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. See, I love that. Um, I just recently did a teaching class with Power Plant and it was just oh, like, sick. yeah, like an intro to DJ class that the kids were like, oh, we love this so much. And thank mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. I just love to, you know, that people are stoked, obviously, about learning about music, DJing, whatever yep. have you, and mm -hmm. they're able to apply it in their lives, however they see fit, you know, but being mm -hmm. a part of that process of them, you know, getting curious about it is pretty exciting to me. So I love teaching as well. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, it's definitely rewarding in that way. I feel like just seeing them light up or just like once they get something, something clicks, they're like, oh, wow, it's a filter. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's a fact. It's just beautiful to watch them explore too. That's a fact. Oh my goodness. So what's next? I mean, 2023, I feel like there's so many exciting things happening. Um, yeah. What's next for you music-wise, DJ-wise? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's see. So music-wise, I got this um, sampler. It's an Octatrack. And I've been making a bunch of stuff on there. Mm. Um that's been really cool. Like a lot of the projects are like maybe 70, 80% done. And it's been nice just kind of like b learning it and making stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've been trying to approach it more of the way from like um, working outside of my computer and just recording it in and just kind of editing down this arrangement just because I just want to experiment with that and seeing like, you know, kind of putting my mind in the place of like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in the place of like being in the nineties and like once you record it, you kind of just, you have it, but like, you know, I given, I can edit it, maybe go back and re-record. So it's kind of just like sitting with these batch of songs. I maybe have like 20 or 30, 20 plus of them right now that I'm kind of just toying with. And I just finished a um, song for this compilation that's coming out uh, via the Carry Nation, which is actually on Nervous Records too, which is dope because my dad was on Nervous Records. And I'm like, that's dope. That's going to be my first, uh, like, major label kind of situation. That's huge. I know, it's so beautiful. And you know, you're going to love the funniest part about that joint, <laughs> that it's called Radius Clause. And it's kind of, like, just really funny because it's, like, it samples um, Sweet Pussy Pauline and RuPaul. Mm. And um, there's a track where RuPaul's, like, I just want to get paid. And it's just like this really meta thing because I use the AI vocal extractor to take that out of the song and it sounds really good. And I was like, oh my gosh. That is so, <laughs> so good. Speaking of AI, I literally, I did a, an interview with Jamie Silk not too long ago and his last project was like totally made with AI mm -hmm. vocals. 
I think that's so fucking cool. Wow. Yeah. I need to check that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he pretty much pulled the AI or mimicked the AI vocals of some famous people like The Weeknd, uh, Late Great Tupac, mm -hmm. and was able mm -hmm. to generate lyrics and then put like a banging that's ass. So yeah, it's raw. As hell, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna do that with my kids. I'm gonna do that with some of the kids. <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, and then yeah, what's going on with gigs as well? Anything really that you're excited about in the next coming months? Hmm. There's one gig I'm really looking forward to. Um, Stella from Berlin asked me to play um the body language party, which yeah. is pretty sick. Yeah. And it's gonna be Jade is actually gonna be there at the same time. She's playing the party too, so. That's a cool little New York action happening over there. And that's going to be in June, uh, June, June 10th, 11th, something like that. Oh, yeah, that New York to Berlin pipeline, man. That's a serious thing. I know, it's, going, it's going strong right now. <laughs> that's a fact. Well, oh, my God, this was so beautiful. Thank you so much for taking time out to chat. Of course, of course. It's my pleasure. I, lo I love your podcast. I literally, there's like a time where I was just like going th through them joints. Like, <laughs> especially when I had um, some residencies from Building Beats up in Harlem. I would just download it, listen to it on the train. And I would just be like in just such a state of peace. And I just felt so connected to like, you know, people around me, music and just like, it just like adds to my purpose. So I really thank you for having me on it, first of all. And for doing it, it's just a beautiful, like, uh, passionate place of work to put time and energy into building something like this. So thank you. Well, coming out of the interview between me and the Roy, such a brilliant interview and so stoked that I had the chance to get to feel back the layers of his music and his career. He's such an asset here in the community in New York with his production lessons, his teaching with building beats, and just the joy that he brings with the community with his just sunshiny personality. You could be in a packed club and the boy will come up to you and say hi and start a conversation. <laughs> like, he's so sweet. Um, and I actually had a chance to see him rip up an all techno set at the R&R season opener uh, over the weekend. And when I tell you my man had the four decks going crazy, I've only seen two people like masterfully lay down a four deck set. Devoy and Native Son at Public Records when I played with him last year. And man, I'm telling you, that four deck magic is something real. It just makes you want to go insane. It makes you want to level up and get crazy with DJ. Whenever you see Devoy play, man. So big ups to him. Big ups to everything he does for the community and with his music. We see you, we love you, we appreciate you. Well, that's it for this episode, but we have tons of incredible things coming in the weeks ahead, so stay locked. And always, if you like the show and the content, join us on Patreon. You get access to early episodes, exclusive content from myself. That's patreon.com slash clubmanagement1. Again, patreon.com slash clubmanagement1. Until next time. <laughs>